She's a Super Geek is a proud member of Misdirected Mark Productions. You're listening to episode 98 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. I'm Senda, and on today's episode, my co-host Andy and I are joined by Karen and Mia, the two people who created the original workshop that the fantastic book Improv for Gamers is based off of. So for today's special holiday episode, which is dropping slightly late due to my negligence... We will be sitting down with them to play through some of the cool little improv games that can help you get better at improving at the table. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this awesomely special episode of She's a Super Geek. Andy and I are here with two very fantastic people that I am going to make introduce themselves that we are very excited to have on. I'm going to start with you, Mia. Can you tell us some cool things like where we, people can find you on the internet? Oh, hi. I am Mia Blankensop. And Hello. I, you can find me, I guess Twitter is the only thing I use, at I'm, <laughs> and uh, my handle is at I'm underscore a underscore Mia. And you can find me there. <laughs> I don't have a lot of projects uh, currently going. I have some other stuff, personal stuff, uh, getting moving for the next year or two, but nothing people can buy or invest in. <laughs> sure. We're going to be excited about it when it comes to fruition. So Thank let us you. <laughs> we would love to buy right. them. <laughs> and our other special guest today is Karen. Karen, do you want to say hello and tell people... A, why we're here and like cool things that you're working on, and B, where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, of course. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Karen Twelves. You can find me at K12s on Twitter and uh, various websites. And I'm going to play some improv games with y'all because Improv for Gamers, the book, is going to be out soon. Which is super exciting. Yes. And it, uh, so the book is based off of a workshop that Mia and I actually, uh, with the help of another friend of ours, made some years ago, like six years ago. Sounds about right. Yeah. So I think the first time we ran it was 2012. And we finally made a book of all the exercises. (laughs) It's super exciting. (laughs) I know. Uh, and and so that's that's the only thing that's coming out for me right now. <laughs> it's pretty big though. Uh, it's it's a thing though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a big thing. There's a book, you guys. It's pretty. Ooh. I've seen yes. pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I, as a gamer, want a book about improv? Yeah, because that's what you're doing when you're telling stories at the table. Is you're you're improvising, and the skills are so similar. So when I when I first did um, an improv class, which was like over ten years ago, it really blew my mind because I thought oh, what, there are so many crossovers. The, these are such these are the same skills that I'm already using at the table and in LARPing, and there should be more classes for gamers about this because gosh darn it, like I've had too many you know, frustrating sessions at the table with people who didn't want to collaborate well, uh, and um, yeah. it wasn't about like oh their stories are so boring, but like they're not. On, they're not telling the same story as the rest of us. <laughs> uh-huh. and I think we've all been in a game where there's that one person <laughs> that's just on their own. Yeah. yeah. And I came in from the opposite direction. I was an improviser for almost 20 years. And Karen, I met wow. in improv. And she said, mm-hmm. have you ever thought about gaming? And I went, no, that's scary. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was worried I would what? do it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Well, 
Just don't play D&D 4th edition and you'll be fine. <laughs> I started with Burning Wheel. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I, I tossed her in the deep end. I was like, you'll be fine. And just <laughs> Everything was easy <laughs> after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's fair. Pretty much. Uh, so, so yeah, so it came out of that and it came out of these, these are so many of the same skills of just working together and like active listening and just being able to be excited about being creative together. And, and there just aren't enough classes for gamers. And, and the only place that I really see them is in conventions and, and conventions are expensive. I know because I go to them and, and they are expensive. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And and so I am so excited to have been able to make this book that is cheaper and only twenty dollars, <laughs> uh, so people can do this like without having to go to a convention or pay a lot of money for an improv class because mm-hmm. improv classes are also expensive, and they have a slightly different focus often, which is either performing on a stage, which is not what gamers do, or kind of like applied improvisation for real life, which means at work, which is also like not quite what gamers are doing. So I wanted to not make- when they game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to make a <laughs> workshop that was like talking to gamers about gaming and saying, Hey, you know how at the table we use this one little skill? Well, you can practice that with like this fun improv game. Done. Like, please, please do that more <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's really interesting to me. And I think that this book is fantastic because I think one of the most frequent types of questions that I get on my other podcast, Pandas Talking Games. Yes, mm-hmm. I slipped it in, Andy. Nice. Yes, it exists. No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> is actually about improving and learning to improv as gamers. Um, mm-hmm. And there are some stereotypes about, you know, GMs who prep and plan versus GMs who improv and that kind of thing. And there's a lot of questions about trying to move more fluidly between those two things. Yeah. And as players too, right? And trying to get players to be more involved and collaborate of an improv like that more. So I'm really excited about this because I think that it's, (laughs) as a community, I think it's going to be a really fantastic resource like that even I can just be like, look, here is a thing that will help you. (laughs) Yeah. And and I mean, there is a lot out there and a lot of conversation, obviously, already about how improv is useful. Uh, And a lot of focus is on GMs, but not a lot of it is actually talking about how you go out and do that. Yeah, uh, you know, there's like, and yes, and is important. I'm like, cool. So how do I do the improv? Yes. And, and so this is, this is exercises. This is you, you doing it rather than kind of discussing theory, which I think is Im- improv can be really scary. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's often what I hear from gamers is they're like, oh, I find improv really scary. So I found it really funny when Mia said, oh, I find gaming really scary. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, cause it's just improv, but sitting down in a safer environment with more yeah. strict rules. Right. Yeah. And so my whole thing as an improviser, um, is, oh, well, I don't have to make up a script or anything like I mean I'm not following a script I get to make it up right so I felt like I had plenty to fall back on with all my training but to me I was really intimidated by the dice and the just the basic structures of any game and I was like well if I do it wrong everyone will hate me and then I'll be there for eight hours so that will suck (laughs) and now I love it Types of groups do exist. I did hear yeah. that. I don't think I've ever but, been a part yeah. of, except at a convention when I started yelling, choose a choice. 
in desperation. <laughs> Remember that. Oh, um, no. I've been that person. I've been that player. I mean, we've... <laughs> <laughs> Who's yelled that? I mean, I... I refer to, to that to that mantra in the book. You did. Yeah. I was very pleased to <laughs> <Yes>. see that. <laughs> Became one of our, our improv words of wisdom is just choose a choice. choice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so um, we'll make the actually, story good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's. This is my one like personal funny story about that because I, I was a theater kid too. Oh in college. yeah, like I went to school for a theater, but I'm not an actor. I was a costume designer, right? Mm. But the thing that my costume design professor would always say if you had done something that he didn't like, mm-hmm. but you had done it like strongly, mm-hmm. <laughs> he would always say. It was this weird thing he would always say. And so sometimes I say this about people when I'm like, that was a really interesting choice. But like, at least you made a choice. Mm-hmm. It, he would be like, it's a choice. Like, <laughs> it's a choice. Yeah. Like, you made it. Good job. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but yeah. you made it. <laughs> What's funny is I did, um, I mean, I did a lot of theater and whatnot growing up, but I actually taught public speaking for three years. Oh. Yeah. And so... There's not a lot, there's a lot of warm-ups that are similar, but you don't do the games. Mm -hmm. Which is the fun part. Anyway, speaking of the games. (laughs) It's a necessary skill, public speaking. The reason we're all here is to play (laughs) some some games. games. We're going to play some of the games from this book so that you guys can get an idea of what's in there. And hopefully it will be very fun. I'm sure that it will be. Um, And yes, we want you to buy the book. Yeah. Uh, and the the thing that I'm I'm excited as I was going through these was was realizing that there's there's a lot that works online that that works over either Hangouts with or without video, and you know there, a lot of the the improv in there I think really benefits from face to face so you kind of have the energy of the room yes. you're really connecting with people but there are a lot of things that you can play you know from afar uh, that are just again they're fun little group games. Well, that's good. Otherwise, this would be a really boring podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And that's Uh, one thing we don't like to be. (laughs) Little. No, boring. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I was thinking of a warm-up we could play. um, One of my favorite warm-up games is called Three Things. Mm -hmm. And it's a... It's great because it's just a brainstorming game. It's kind of just a brain dump to get kind of warmed up to say whatever comes to mind and kind of get rid of that inner critic that is telling you like, no, that's a bad idea. And I, I oh, find so it- Oh, so you've, you've met my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sound, yeah, it's, it's much like my own. Um, <laughs> and, and I think about it a lot when I have a hard time picking like a character name, you know, when you're trying to think of like, what's the best choice here? Yes. What is the, the best thing for me to do? Let me go get my book of names, which is amazing. Or let me go look at some baby names online. And now it's 10 minutes later and everyone's kind of politely waiting for you to come up with a name. And this is very much the the kind of like, just choose a choice. <laughs> like, it's really okay. It, whatever, whatever you say is going to be great. Everyone's going to be really excited about it. It doesn't matter as much as you think it does to have that perfect idea. So I, I love three things because you just kind of say random stuff and everyone's really excited about your answers. Yes, I completely agree. I think one of the things I really like about it is that you are the only one who thinks of the infinite possibilities of the choices not chosen. Everybody else is just waiting for you to speak. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> when you say it, they're all like, yes, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Inside, you might be like, that was dumb. But like <laughs> everybody else is like, 
like, makes sense to me. I love it. Like, you're the only one who's thinking of the valley of choices not chosen. And being yeah. like, all right, well, I got to make a little gravestone for each one because I didn't choose it. You know what I mean? So, like, I, we, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. <laughs> yes. As gamers yeah. and improvisers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a recovering perfectionist, so this should be good mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so a game like this also helps just support the idea that people are really excited about whatever you have to bring to the table. And so it's a great warm up to kind of set a good baseline of we're all here to, to have fun and support each other and be really excited about our, you know, our offers and our ideas. So with all of that front loading information, <laughs> it is actually an extremely easy game to play. It's a category game. Okay. Uh, I actually used to use it when I taught um, English as a second language. I'd use it to review vocabulary with my students. Neat. So one person will come up with a category. And if you're playing this in person, you would go around like in a circle or you would just address another person by their name. So I might say, uh, hey, Mia, what are three things? And I'm going to give a random category. I-, I could say like, what are three things that are blue? And Mia's just going to say the first things that she can think of. They don't necessarily actually have to be blue. I'll just tell you that right now. Right. Like, like <laughs> whatever no, she my says brain went, is going to be great. But da da die. Yeah. <laughs> like there's literally no wrong answers. I like it the best like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so Mia would give her give her answers. Mia, what are, what are three things that are blue? Oh, Quick. a bird cage, a very mm-hmm. tiny snow globe, and the ocean. Fantastic. <laughs> and then everybody says at the same time three, three things. things. Three things. Three things. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's going to be hard to time, but it's great. <laughs> It'll be great. Editing. And, and that's the game. What? That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. And so now Mia's going to pick another category and pass it to somebody else. All right. Um, Senda, what are mm-hmm. three things you can place upon your head? Um, my water bottle, a harp, and a hat. <gasps> three things. Three things. <laughs> I forgot. All right, Andy, what okay. are... Three things you can drink. Water, bourbon, and iodine? <gasps> Three, <laughs> things. Three things! Three things! <laughs> it works. It's great. Those were great answers. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, uh, Karen. Yeah. What are three things you put in a suitcase? Oh, um, uh, a packing bag of smaller stuff, uh, a, a laptop charger, and shoes that don't fit. <gasps> three, three, three things. things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that's so that's the game. I love it. And uh, another thing that adds a fun physical aspect is you kind of like pump your fists <laughs> as you say three things. I love games that one involve everybody yelling something at the same time, and two <laughs> involve some type of hand gesture because I think that it really helps like accentuate it and keep people focused and like listening that they all know. Oh, I have to say this thing and like make this hand gesture. So if you feel like it, pumping your fists when you say three things feels extremely satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to keep playing? Do you want to do one more quick round? And yeah. We'll- We'll just go bam, 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 and then yeah. we'll the next thing. Yeah. So, Mia, what are um, let's see. Ooh, what are what are three things that you could put in your jaunty hat? <gasps> oh, a uh, a a goldfish, um, mm-hmm. a uh, a a portrait uh, from Victorian times, and a, a locket. 
Three, three things. Three things. <laughs> I can't hit my mic when I do that. I'm a little nervous. But I'm Just do it with it. the arm that's farthest away. I'm trying. Yeah. It works. <laughs> um, Andy, what are um, three uh, comic book characters that have never existed before? <laughs> um. Porg master, uh-huh. yeah, that's real. Uh, the the painter's assistant, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the cute witch. <laughs> three, three, three things. things. <laughs> I mean, there are cute witches, but whatever. Yeah, um, that's not the point. <laughs> Senda, what are three things you find in the dryer that aren't laundry? Mm, underwear, <laughs> <laughs> lint, and dryer sheets that stick to everything because the tissue disintegrated. <laughs> three. three okay one last one to karen and then we'll wrap it up um karen what are three things you can play oh you can play the ukulele uh you can play monopoly though why and you can (laughs) play uh with someone's heart We're doing a Monopoly theme at work for Halloween. Oh no! And I'm doing it. I, I'm doing it ironically because I know that it's a game that was meant mm-hmm. to be a bad game. <laughs> Nobody else. It's fine. <laughs> so three three things is um, a lot of people play it different ways, and and what I enjoy about doing improv with different groups is seeing people's own like variations or you know, like different regions will have different ways of playing games too. So like three things, sometimes people will count it out after each one. They'll say one, two, yes. three things, or they'll go to five or they'll go to 10. Oh God. Uh, Ooh, 10 is or, hot. Yeah. 10 yeah. is intense. Ha! <laughs> Not meant to, but there it was. <laughs> or you can you can play it kind of backwards and call it things three, where the person lists three random things, and then you have to make the category that encapsulates them all. Ooh. And that's really fun and kind of a different a different twist on it, which is just another way of tying things together and justifying and making a bunch of ideas work. So it has a slightly different creative focus, but it's yeah. super fun. You can also play the, the the game like with funny character voices, and then you can match people's characters. If you want to do more acting, <laughs> you could you could you could ask the question in a type of character voice, and the other person could ask you you know answer it back. And there's a lot of different ways you can mess with it. So I like it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, much many possibilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Do you talk about these variations in the book? I do, yeah. So in the book, I I have character three things in there as an expansion. And I, I kind of left the other ones by the wayside because there was only so much I could include. Uh, <laughs> I also had so a many really... Words. I, I had a very firm insistence that I wanted every game to fit into a two-page spread. Okay. Which I was very excited about. So you open the book and there's the game. You yeah. don't. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I love I do that. Love that. But it did mean, in some cases, there were things that just weren't going to to fit. Oh well, that's completely fair. Yeah, yeah. makes yeah. sense. Cool. What What do you want to? What do you? What game next? Oh, I think that there's a great game about yes anding and mm-hmm. and the yes and yes and uh, where you build a, a character together. And so a lot of these games are are based off of a lot of group games from greater improvisers before me. These are not necessarily games that I have created myself. So I I want to 
get that out there is yes, these games were, were often created by, by, uh, improvisers before me, um, like Viola Spolin or Keith Johnstone. And I've kind of translated them for gamer speak, um, or modified them in a way that fit the workshop. And so this kind of yes, character building game is a game where you build a character together. And it struck me as so like perfect for like making a character's backstory together which is something that happens in a lot of games. If you're making the character at the table, you're, you, you might need to toss it to the rest of the group for ideas. It can be super stressful to come up with your whole character backstory all by yourself. Yes. And there's, I, I think, and I, and I, and I like the idea, you, you know, that there's people kind of don't, they don't want to overstep and they don't want to tell people to, what to do with their character. And so there's definitely this decorum of, oh, it's not polite to make up things about other people's characters. But if somebody asks, I mean, you have a whole table of talented storytellers to help you out if you need it. So this is, this is a game that if you imagine that you needed to like toss some questions out to other people and brainstorm together, it's really okay to do that. And it, it, you get to, it's another game where you say, one word a lot, which is yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Is there emotion? There is. There is not. You can do the same fist pump as as three things when you say yes. Okay. Yeah, which is also very satis- It's still very satisfying. But I, I wanted to touch briefly on the on the idea of of yes and because that's kind of the number one improv rule that gets bandied about, and it's not always unpacked in a way that I think really truly explains to people what it means and it can be then misunderstood and misused Mm -hmm. that's fair because for for a lot of people you hear yes and and you think oh the yes and mindset means that whatever idea people bring to the scene or you know to the game i should say yes and i should use it and that i think is a very dangerous mindset yeah to to feel obligated to say yes uh, for reasons. <laughs> and also for a story reason, yeah. sometimes yeah. Uh, saying no is what the other characters and the other members of your group in the game want you to do because that's your character. Mm-hmm. And so yes and is more nuanced uh, than it can seem. And it's more about the spirit of the yes and and it's more about what the group wants to do and where the story should go. Um oh. Yes. Yes, and. <laughs> but this is a very basic way of just getting everybody on the same page. Yeah, it's a very, it, it's the idea of be excited about accepting other people's ideas and then incorporating them into the larger story. Uh, but saying no in character is still accepting that whatever you know, idea they brought in is fact and you're using it in your story. Mm-hmm. It's like your character can say no while you as a player is like, yes, this is great. But my character hates that idea. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's also, we have all these great safety tools in gaming that allow us to say no in a, in a nice, polite manner that doesn't break the game. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the, the yes and is not a blank check. And perhaps maybe consider yes is a slightly better mindset. Uh, yeah, uh, or just be excited to say yes, mm-hmm. but 
I think a key difference between gaming and improv is, you know, when you're improvising, you don't have that safety net of just being like, uh, X card, I don't like that idea. Mm-hmm. You can't use those tools mm-hmm. on stage. Yeah. yeah. So either you have to roll with it and do some mental gymnastics and, and try to make the scene work for you and twist it around. And then you never get on stage with that person again and you talk to them afterwards about yep. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a difficult so- conversation to have. It really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I've I've watched other people do it. I've had to do it myself, and it it's difficult. And uh, so I I love that in gaming we have these calibration tools that we can we can say no in a way that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings or make things super awkward. Right. Yeah, it's one thing I really am grateful for in gaming is those little tools that you have to be like, wait, let's veil that. And I was like, oh, yeah. what's mm-hmm. that? What are people saying? I like this because I don't want to see yeah. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, let's not dig into it more. We just know what's happening. I love yeah. that. And like, mm-hmm. and improv, sometimes you're just stuck on stage and you're like, please, please just dim the lights. <laughs> let's not. The- <laughs> <laughs> please, please stop. Yeah, yeah I don't want this to be scene. a six minute scene, please. Let's do two. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, so yes, character building is just practicing saying the word yes and being really excited. But there is that idea and that understanding that nobody's going to offer anything that you wouldn't want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's that trust of like, don't be gross. Let's not do that. Uh, let's not take advantage of the fact that, you know, part of this game is saying yes to things. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's a super simple game. And the way it starts is one person is going to give a line of naming a character and their pronouns. So they might say, you know, their name is Anne, you know, his name is Dwayne. And everyone's going to say yes. Yes. And and the fist pump is is good with the yes. (laughs) Yes. And then anybody else who is inspired is going to add a detail about that character. So they work at the you know a supermarket and everyone would say yes. yes and their favorite color is heather gray which is yes. my favorite yes. color yes <laughs> and and we just keep going until we feel like cool i think we've you know made a well-rounded character and it just kind of stops organically once there's a, a natural pause and then you can play it again as many rounds as you want. And then just one little note for the group is just mm-hmm. to listen to everybody else. Don't get so excited about your detail for the character that like when someone has just gendered someone as they, them, then you're like, and he is a blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, make sure that you're listening so that you're still building them together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so saying yes is a, um, also a way of showing that you're listening. And this, this game is great for that because you are taking these things and you might be inspired by other people's ideas. And you want to make sure that anything you say doesn't completely disagree or undo what someone said before. So if you say like, oh, she's a cat person. And then, you know, a little while later, somebody's like, she loves dogs. Like, is that in addition? Did you forget about the cat thing? Like, it's cool, but now there's a little bit of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. So you want to show that you're listening by making sure that you, you don't undo what anybody has said before. And uh, the one thing that I find that happens in this game a lot when I play it with gamers, not with improvisers, but with gamers, is everyone wants to start making a plot. <gasps> yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we're like, plot, 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 we're all storytellers, yeah. let's make a narrative! <laughs> and we want there to be hooks in here so that right? people can mm-hmm. snag on to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or we, we suddenly get really excited about, like, 
a related character. You know, like they have they have a sister named Joan, and suddenly Joan gets like a bunch of details. And they're like, let's focus back on like the main character here. Uh, so those would be my two my two notes. Is we'll try to just focus on this one person, and it's strictly facts about them, anything in their in their backstory about their their likes, their dislikes, what they do, what they own, what they look like. So are we ready to play? Yes. Sure. Yes. 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 So anybody who's yes. inspired. Yeah. <laughs> so so anybody who's inspired can uh, start by again making a statement with that person's name and pronouns. Okay, well, I'll start. Um, start. I will say uh, her name is Julia. Yes. 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 <laughs> she works in the library. Yes. 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 Her favorite color is red. Yes. yes. She likes to sword fight. Yes. 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 Ooh, she always works in some type of scarf into her outfits. Yes. 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 She likes to wear pins in her scarves. <gasps> yes. 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 Uh, she always wears her hair up in uh, milkmaid braids. Yes. 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 <laughs> Love that. Every afternoon at 3.15 p.m., she makes a cup of tea. <gasps> yes. 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 <laughs> it's a little specific. It's perfect. Her favorite snack is a single piece of toast with butter. Yes. 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 <laughs> she has five cats. Yes. yes. <laughs> She's a bit obsessed with the royal family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All of her cats are named after the British royal family. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> cool. All right. So yeah. again, when there's an Julia. awkward pause, it's normally when I, as as instructor, jump in and say, "Great, <laughs> great, and, yes, <laughs> yeah, done." Yes. <laughs> we 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 made Julia a, a totally well-rounded character. We've got some great details mm-hmm. about uh, her likes. And there were some things that were definitely inspired previously, and it took us a couple steps to get there. Because I immediately thought, when we thought she has five cats, I was like, oh, they have to all be named something thematic in a way that is appropriate. <laughs> and it came out, and I was like, ah, oh, so satisfying. <laughs> and and ties back into another detail. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So games like that are are so fun to just get you in the mindset of saying yes and being excited and having that trust of people are going to throw out cool, you know, ideas. And and also, you don't have to be the most interesting person in the room. All of those ideas were, you know, based in a, a very, like, slice-of-life setting. We, we could have made a sci-fi character. You know, we could have made a, a, a fantasy character. But... We don't have to. And I find actually when I, when we teach this, I don't necessarily make a genre theme except for like a couple of exercises because I want to illustrate that it's okay to make what you might consider a boring idea. And, and that's the, the like dare to be dull improv word of wisdom, which is it's, it's actually okay and appreciated and encouraged to come up with the idea that makes the most sense rather than the idea that's the most bizarre. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I've never heard that before. 
Oh, yeah. Because it's so satisfying. You know, our, our brains like patterns and we like things that make sense. Mm-hmm. And when somebody brings in something that is a very simple detail, uh, it's very satisfying. You know, I, 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 for example, when you said, um, she, she always has tea and, and you gave a very specific time. I was like, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to know, I was thinking, I was like, I should come back and say what type of tea that is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be an exotic tea. It could be English breakfast, but because it's specific and grounded, it, is just like a nice little detail to have. And then you can bring that specificity into genres, which is really fun mm-hmm. because then those those characters and those storylines feel very almost higher stakes because they feel like real people, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Yay, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of a build off of that is if you have if you're feeling comfortable kind of creating a character, Another thing that characters often have is like a worldview. They have an opinion that's maybe, if you want to think about some games, like like a fake game, they have a defining aspect. They have the thing that's always mm-hmm. true about them. Yeah. Or if you're playing Burning Wheel, they have beliefs. Um, there's a lot of games that have like, what's that one thing that they're going to like, that is the the hill they'll die on. And that's an important thing for a character to have, because if you ever get kind of lost, that's that's your character's motivation. And you can feel very actorly and think, you know, that's not what my character would do, because. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a game called Classic Cast, where you create uh, an ensemble. Mm. And part of that is just coming up with a character's, like, name and maybe their profession, but also, like, what they believe what is something that they believe very strongly in. But the, the other thing that, that classic cast is really good for is sh- making kind of a web of relationships. So, and we have that in games too, you know, all of the mm-hmm. Powered by the Apocalypse games have some mm-hmm. way of linking everyone together. Smallville, you actually make a map. You know, there's a lot of great ways uh, that are built into the mechanics of games, but it's also something that I think you should always do, which is how do you know at least two other people here or you know, at least one other person, one other character at the table, like, why are they important to your character? Yes. So so Classic Cast is all about making that well-rounded party, that kind of ensemble cast. It also conveniently <laughs> involves saying something at the same time yes. at the very end. I'm sorry. Let me do yeah. that instead. Yes. With the fist pump. And, and, you make, and you make a silly hand gesture, but you only do it once. You do, you do it at the end. Uh, so the way that classic cast is played is we would start by making a setting that where all the characters either live or work. So a bar, a space station, a school, a hospital, a small town. You know, you can start thinking about the the titles of, of fiasco play sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. And then everyone will take turns introducing themselves as, as a specific character. So say if we picked a small town, somebody might step in. And say, you know, hi, I'm Daisy. I work at the local diner. I am working double shifts to pay off my gambling debts. And I always believe in telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so that's, that's great. And, and so the first one is really, you're just throwing an idea completely out in the open. But the, the second person then is going to come in again with something about them, like, hi, I'm Frank. I work at the mechanic shop. Daisy is my little sister. Mm-hmm. And so now you've made a link. Right. Now the third person can come in and either link to Daisy or, or link to the mechanic. And, and again, just to one of them. And then you can, you know, you can play this with a, a fairly large group if you want until everybody for some 
in some way or another has come in and connected them to another person in, in the cast. And then afterwards, we all say in kind of, I always like doing it in kind of like a, a hokey over the top voice, but you say classic cast <laughs> and you make little, you do little like jazz hands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> classic cast. <laughs> I think we can handle this. Good. My jazz hands are ready. I used to play this with a troupe and it was like one of our favorite games to play. And one of the guys would always do this like lead up to it where we'd all say everything. And then he'd say, well, that sounds like another wonderful (laughs) classic (laughs) cast. (laughs) It was like, that was his favorite part was like getting to to lead in the classic. (laughs) Where everything came together. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So let's think of a setting where um, characters could live or work and, and we could, we could do something more genre specific if we're inspired by that yeah what's a what's a game that people have played recently i just played an awesome game of, of apocalypse world so like oh. post-apocalyptic is where i'm at oh. but um gosh mm-hmm. what is the last i played game a haunted played? house yeah you D thing i'm playing legacy weapon most recently which is fantasy single player dungeon world okay well let's let's do fantasy kingdom yeah cool Okay. Let's 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 pick Fantasy Kingdom as our genre. And so again, whoever kind of has an idea is going to introduce themselves first with a name and a detail uh, or two about themselves. And hopefully one of those will include like a belief or uh, a worldview, something that's important to that person. Hi, I'm Bunny and I bake the bread in the morning at the castle. And my favorite part of my day is when I pull the water up from the well that's in the courtyard because I am pretty sure that the ghost of my dead mother lives down there. Oh my God. That was so good. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Ooh, I'll go next. So I'm Tad. I am a young rapscallion child of one of the people in the kingdom. And I am always stealing the bread that bunny puts out to cool. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, anything's possible. If you have enough heart, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tad. I'm I'm Marietta. I am the youngest daughter of the lord of the castle. I believe that the aristocracy should be overthrown, and I'm deeply in love with Tad. (laughs) Awesome. My name is Snowbell, and I am Marietta's stepmother. I'm married oh. to the Lord. Um, I am the same age as her. Isn't that fun? Oh. And I believe that if um, if if you wait long enough, you will get yours. <laughs> well, that sounds like another fantastic classic cast. Yes. I love that game so much. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I, I like that game because it also really does test your listening. That you need to remember at least one of those names yes. right. to tie yourself in. Uh, you don't want to get so caught up in making your amazing character that you brought something in that actually doesn't relate to anybody else. Because the important thing is relating to somebody else and connecting, right. not yeah. making the most exciting character. Yeah, the key part right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But those were all cool. What I really liked about some of these details is that uh, we actually had a lot of ideas for secondary characters already. We mm-hmm. had the ghost of, mm-hmm. of yeah. the mom, like, oh, I want to see a scene with that. Yeah. Yeah. We have the mysterious Lord, 
what's that about? So there's there's already a lot of ideas for like plot, which again, I immediately want to go and start making. Yes. Right. Because well, plot. and it's amazing how even a simple fact can build such depth, like saying, I'm her stepmother and I'm the same age as her. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's like that automatically like- builds in more information about the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. Again, it, it's it's another great game to to listen and to build stuff together. And just, it's so easy to come up with, to be inspired by other people and come up with ideas. Um, so as long as you're listening to what the other people are saying, you really don't have to try too hard because there will be openings for you to add your own stuff. And what I like it is it also kind of builds out the world too, right? And so one thing that I get really nervous about when I game is I'm like space opera. What? What do I do? I don't know. And then like, but if I fall back on the, my character's one thing that they believe or that they, it's usually the one thing that they strongly believe their one conviction or their point of view, then I'm able mm-hmm. to go back to that. And the genre is almost incidental because the other people will help fill in the details that are supposed to be part of that genre. It doesn't have to be my sole responsibility. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I'm scared uh, of genres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they can be really intimidating because you're like, you. am I, yeah. you're thinking, oh, am I doing it right? Yeah. Is this something that is actually in this world? Am I apocalypsing right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do do we have time to do one more? Yeah, let's slip one more in. That would be awesome. Cool. <laughs> so, Animal Secrets is. I think my favorite, I mean, I think I say this about all of them. They're all my favorite, but Animal (laughs) Secrets is so wonderful. And as far as I know, it was created by a local Bay Area improviser. That's the story that I've heard. It was. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I got really like nervous when I kind of put that in the, in, uh, in the book because I was like, Oh no, I actually wasn't here for like when this game was created. What if, what if Connor thought of like heard it from someone else and that person's going to call me? Or tweet at me. <laughs> so, you as far as I know, person. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, this was this was a, a, a local creation, and so I'm so excited about spreading it wa- far and wide in the world. And it's all about secrets mm-hmm. and exactly. having characters who are vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, and, and and so it ties into the idea of like character knowledge versus player knowledge. And it's great when characters have secrets, and it really sucks when that secret doesn't get revealed in the story in some way. Yeah. Because oh. then it, yeah, it, <laughs> it's a bummer stories. for the player. <laughs> it can be a bummer for the player who was like, oh, I really wanted to reveal my secret in a dramatic moment. And it can be a bummer for other people of like, oh, man, if I knew that you had that secret, I would have played with subtext. Mm-hmm, yes. I would have made it important to the story. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's a great idea to tell secrets. And so this is a super silly game to just get in, get comfortable with revealing secrets. Mm-hmm. And I know. But the great thing is, is it doesn't matter what the secret is as long as it's important to you. And that's the other thing is like, it's a secret. Uh, what's more important is why are you keeping it a secret rather than like, what is the secret? It's like, why is it important that no one finds out about that? Because that's going to drive a relationship, that's going to drive the response, and that's going to lead to a better story of like, who don't you want to know about this secret? Why does it matter? So that's all my front-loading information. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so 
When I play this in person, I like to get everybody in like a really tight circle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and you get kind of shoulder to shoulder and someone will suggest an animal. And what you can imagine is maybe imagine that like we're all that animal in some type of group therapy that we're all telling secrets together or Aww. it's like a, like a smash cut of that breed of animal in confession and they're all telling different secrets. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not all like the voices of one animal. Okay. We're just all telling secrets as a type of animal. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And it could be a, a very punny, silly secret. Like if the animal is a zebra, you could just say, I don't like stripes, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm a, I'm actually a horse. These are painted on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's, if it's funny to imagine that it's like an, like a Mr. Toad, like an anthropomorphic animal, you could say like, you know, I'm having an affair with a mule. <laughs> <laughs> That's also silly. Or it can be, it can be any type of secret as long as it's something that, you know, you're, you're ashamed to admit and you're only barely like whispering it, but we won't really whisper because there's microphones and stuff. Right. <laughs> we want it to be recorded, but uh, you're you're revealing the secret uh, in this little safe circle, and then after each secret, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all going to say at the same time, "Yes, secret." <laughs> we're all going to say, "Secret, secret." Oh, I was yes. right. <laughs> and. And if you want to make the added hand gesture, you kind of do these like spirit fingers like over a cauldron or something, or like you're playing the piano. You go, secrets. I don't know why. That is so satisfying. Obviously. So good. No, but that's obviously the hand gesture that goes with the word secrets. Yes. It's clear. Right? That's we're embracing the secret. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so good. Uh, so yeah, so let's play it. So, uh, and then uh, similar to the yes character building, once the well is one run dry on secrets for that animal, then you would normally pitch another animal and play another round mm-hmm. if you wanted. Uh, so you cool. kind of just go until, until there's a pause and it gets awkward. <laughs> uh, so what, <laughs> is, what is an animal that we could, we could tell some secrets of? Lions. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Let's tell some lion secrets. <laughs> Oh, let's see. I'm a vegetarian. Mm. <gasps> Secrets. I don't actually have a poof on the end of my tail. <gasps> I glued this one on. Secrets. I shave my mane every Thursday. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> I got main extensions. <laughs> Secrets. I'm actually a golden retriever in a Halloween costume. Secrets. I actually prefer to be monogamous. Secrets. I haven't reported my taxes in 16 years. Secrets. My favorite song is Toto's Africa. Secrets. I'm laughing too hard. I can't. I can't come. Yeah. And that's the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, there's no reason to 
go past that. <laughs> no, no, that's so good. Call it right there. <laughs> God, why is that song so popular? <laughs> because Weezer recently did a remake. Right? Um, yeah, I heard it recently and I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the book is just a lot of group games like that. There are some scene work games, kind of if you want to do a deep dive and do more acting, and definitely for the kind of LARP perspective, since you are doing full body role playing, we we do more kind of stagey acting. But most of it is group activities, uh, so it's very low pressure. Nobody's being judged on their acting abilities. And, and I, I think that that's really important when teaching any type of improv, especially for gamers. It's like, it's not about how smart you're coming across or God, don't even try to be funny because that won't be funny. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and, and just be authentic and come up with, you know, we're going to be really excited about any of your ideas because they weren't, they're not going to be something that we thought of. So we're, mm -hmm. you're always really surprised by the things that people bring to the table. It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super excited. And uh, yeah, I am a little scared because it, it so it is available for pre-order now uh, through evilhat.com. And they always give a free PDF download with every order. And if you buy it in stores, there's information on their website. If you just like email them, I think a copy of you holding the book or like a picture <laughs> of the receipt or something, they will send you the PDF. So you're always going to get a, a, a PDF. And the way that this one is both a PDF of the book, and then we have just the exercises as one-page printable oh, um, downloads. Fantastic. So that's also super convenient. We kind of cram them all into a, into a one page, and it looks great. And don't be intimidated about leading these exercises. Everybody is worried that they're not going to get the improv games right. And like, so when you want to get a group mm -hmm. together, you're like, okay, but who will lead it? Kind of like, who will GM it? And mm -hmm. it's actually a lot more intuitive than you think it is. And it's just someone basically just giving you a little bit of structure so that the whole group can like stay on task but it's really fun and like you know back in the day Karen was like oh I don't know if I want to you know lead the exercises just yet and like she's a total <laughs> pro it's 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 something that like if you know how to tell stories if you know how to like do that as a group together you can do these improvising uh games together so don't be intimidated mm -hmm. by it at all yeah. And, and there is, I, I do include some tips for a facilitator of mm -hmm. not like, here's how to teach improv, but hey, as a facilitator, as a GM, as anybody who leads games, like here is the vibe that we're going for. And so just try to reinforce that. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, the same as with any game, just let people know that they should just be open and honest about if they're digging it or not. And I, I think the idea of being able to play this like super low pressure in your living room, if you mess the game, if you mess the game up, quote unquote, mm -hmm. get it wrong, you can do it again. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. You didn't break anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imp improv is all about, especially in, in like a practice space, about right. making mistakes and trying stuff out and feeling awkward and, and just, you know, stretching those muscles. And the more that you do it, the easier it will be. To, to do it. Um, but improv it, it can be really scary. I still get scared when I go on stage. 
you know, before every performance. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, totally. <laughs> what if I can't think of words? <laughs> uh, but but I practice constantly. You know, I meet with I meet with my troupe. I, I take classes still. So it's not like taking one class is going to be like, and I'm done. I am perfect at improv now. Like, it's always a muscle. I can join SNL. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yes. It's it's always a muscle that you should be stretching and and doing. And so I I really hope that people can just kind of like play a game, you know, maybe before their session with their with their friends. You know, it it took it took three minutes to play one of these. So they're really fantastic. Yay. I'm. Thank you both so very, very much for coming and sharing things on our show. And hopefully, if you guys are still, are you still doing the workshop at conventions when you go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I pretty much almost every convention that I go to, I try to teach it often through Games on Demand or I'll, I'll submit it. So some of those are Bay Area conventions uh, like Big Bad Con, which just happened, or Kubla Con or Dundracon. I also go up to Seattle for Go Play Northwest most years. Um, I got to run some improv at Living Games this year, which was very exciting because that was my first year at Living Games. I go to Origins. So <laughs> if I'm there, I'm running improv. I hope that other people take this book and run improv at conventions or not take this book and run improv. I hope people run improv. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I am teaching some classes at local theaters um, next month and in December uh, in Oakland and in Berkeley. And I'm excited about that because it's a lot cheaper than a convention. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that I hope people can start doing more is just start teaching it. You know, all you need to do is rent a space and then, you know, try to recoup the cost of that space. It, it is it is doable to find a space and, and get some people and, and run some improv. And so I, I hope that it can happen more outside of conventions. Yeah. And most improv yeah. groups, here's a dirty little secret, we're, we're improvising mm-hmm. and practicing generally in someone's living room. Like, we don't, yep. we don't have the money. Wait, really? Yeah, we don't, have the, oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have the money to rent out theaters and stuff. They're all like, oh, yeah, you need insurance and it costs $500. And we're like, forget that. We'll just move a table in so-and-so's living room. So you're not doing mm-hmm. it somehow differently by getting together before your game and, like, running a couple of exercises to get the, like, creative flow going at all it's it, the same thing <laughs> it's it's not at all unprofessional to practice improv in your living room no. me, me and i uh, how old is chick flick the the troop that i think it's six years now no no chick Seven? flick's like eight <gasps> it's eight years old Nine? i miss it so much <laughs> oh. Yeah, we were we were both in a Mia had founded an all an all women uh troupe called Chick Flick, uh, but then she moved. So the rest of us are keeping it going. Yeah. And we have never practiced in a place that wasn't somebody's living yeah. room. It's just easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um cool. Well, so let me let me wrap this up in a neat way that says, firstly, mm-hmm. Karen, tell us one more time where people can find this book. You can go to evilhat.com. You can also go to improvforgamers.com. And there's a link to evilhat.com. In and the then show you can notes. buy the book. Yeah, in yeah. the show notes, there's going to be a link to get the book. But I wanted to make sure that everybody had heard that one more time. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we all know Evil Hat, but like, don't forget while you're driving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh. I just looked at improvforgamers.com. <laughs> Isn't it pretty? The book looks amazing, guys. I it, yeah, it looks it really good. And I've read I've read the whole thing. It's it it's very <laughs> comprehensive. It's very awesome. Totally worth the money for sure. You guys should get it. 
Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you both so very, very much for joining us today and playing some of these fun little games. And hopefully this gives you guys a taste of what you can expect to find in there. And since I know that many, many people are asking questions about how they can get better at this kind of thing, because I field many of those questions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here are answers. <laughs> Be a better player. Take take a class. <laughs> Do improv. <laughs> get the book. Yeah. <laughs> right? enjoyed this episode of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sasgeek. And we'd like to thank some of our current Patreon backers right now. Kathleen Statner, thank you so much. Robin Gould, the world's OKS GM, Ariel Weiss, Time Paradox, and Transfer Productions. Thank you all so very much for your support. If you'd like to support us in a non-monetary fashion, we love to get reviews on whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And thank you so much to everyone who's already left one. If you'd like to hook up with us to comment on the episode or just to chat, you can find us on Twitter at SASGeekPodcast or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SASGeek. You can find the book Improv for Gamers currently available in print and PDF from Evil Hat Productions. And you can go there directly from ImprovForGamers.com. And you can find them on Twitter at Improv for Gamers. You can follow Mia on Twitter at I'm underscore A underscore Mia. And you can follow Karen Twelves at K12s or check out her website, KarenTwelves.com. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more music, tour dates, and merchandise at KieranStrange.com or follow on Twitter for news and updates at Kieran Strange. If you play D&D, you should also check out the Streets of Avalon Kickstarter, which is live now from Encoded Designs. Before I let you go, let me tell you about the newest podcast on Misdirected Mark Productions. Bonus Experience is an awesome podcast with Ray and Monica, who are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. We're super fans of their show, and we hope you like it too. We'll see you in two weeks for our next adventure. Dear 